impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast. As always, we appreciate the time and we certainly will not take it for granted. Before we hop into the episode, we are going to ask a favor, though, and that is that you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. And really, the best compliment you can give us is by sharing this with a friend that you know can get value from it because we are continuing to grow this podcast. And for any man that's listening who wants to elevate themselves, find a community of men doing the same tapping into their potential, I encourage you to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group where we have men just like you who are elevating themselves, showing up at the next level and increasing their capacity for life. That's because we have a vision of connecting men in pursuit of their potential here at The Modern Man. And we do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community and putting wind in each other's sails, which I'm excited to get our wind in our sails today from our guest brand consultant, author out of El Paso, Texas, Ruben Alvarez on the podcast. Ruben, thank you for taking the time, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, especially for for the work that you're doing, the group that you have. Um, it's something that I believe, you know, there's, there's the masculinity, the testosterone side that are like, go, go, go. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I think the the qualities that really make us men. And so I think that it's important to to show both of those sides. So I really do appreciate that you have um, created this platform so that that way we can talk about all these things that it does take to be a modern man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. It's all about being that balanced beast that we all are. And, exactly. and for those that might not have been introduced to your work, uh, maybe they've seen your work and haven't known it yet, right? If they're scrolling through mm-hmm. social or anything like that. But I'd love for you really quick to take the stage, introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, what you do. And we can jump a little bit more into your story and today's subject matter even more. Yeah. So, uh, you know, bullet point bio, um, American entrepreneur, right? We have a few different things that we do being the founder of the marketing hunters is one, but we also throw these events called thrive in your city. They're more networking events. They're experience-based events. So it's not just a networking event where you show up and, you know, everybody kind of just fend for themselves and Hey, I threw this event and I just sit down and, you know, drink a, a martini or something. and think I'm like, you know, hot shit. So mm-hmm. um, we actually make sure that we allow people to, um, if you come, I'm going to find, I'm going to get you and I'm going to be like, Hey, you should meet this person. Um, we've had the 360 cams before they were cool in these events. Um, at the last one we had, it was a, a Christmas party. We had the Grinch. We did it at a dueling piano bar. Um, so we do a lot of things where where Thriving Your City becomes an experience for people that we can't really give them through Marketing Hunters. Um, we're throwing our first business conference uh, mid this year. Um, that's probably going to be its own separate identity and brand. Um, and then we have, um, a few other things, but they're, they're slipping my head. Well, we have the brand sharks, which is the book, right? That's another different brand that, that, um, we own. And then, um, on top of all that, (laughs) um, we have a lot of different, uh, avenues in which we create content in which we, um, help people become better content creators if they're not able to afford our services. Yeah, I love it. And you're doing a lot and a lot of people think, man, how do you do this all? And, and with the business thought process kind of first and foremost um something that you you say or something i had written down from you sales equals money brand equals legacy and, and kind of just in the breakdown of the events uh marketing hunters and and the different things you have going on even referencing the business conference you say okay yeah that's going to be a brand on its own you seem very in tune 
into brand and what that means. So I'll pose the question to you, what is a brand and, and what does that mean to the general public? Yeah, it, you know, at the at the forefront of all things marketing, advertising, branding is just human psychology. So uh, as far as what branding is perceived to be or what it should be seen in your eyes is pretty much just perception. You said perceive, which equals perception. Um, you can go into like, you know, a brand originally is the mark that like would burn the animals, um, your insignia, so that that way it wasn't confused with anyone else. And we can go into this really deep, you know, down thing where we start saying, well, yeah, that's because it was burned. So you have to burn your your brand into people's minds. And, you know, brand is not what you say, the, the whole Jeff Bezos thing. It's not what you say. It's what other people say. But ultimately, brand is just with the perception that you're able to convince people of you. So if you're able to convince them that you're expensive, then you're expensive. If you can be able to convince them that you are the only sugar water for them to drink because it's a red can and it makes them feel good and it makes them feel happiness. And that is what your brand is. So it's what perception can you give people about? About you and that's what's really strong about it is that because it's not necessarily you were born into something you can actually change people's perceptions based on human psychology and if you're able to do that then it becomes really really favorable to you and to your business i love that that you mentioned it that way in terms of what we are convincing other people to perceive because you know speaking from a business standpoint there are businesses that rebrand over time whether it be dunkin donuts going to just dunkin right try and maybe expand their menu get a different perception from the general public or not just the business thought process but as a person right a lot of guys listening probably have a brand of themselves or a personal brand that they're trying to build for their business if they're a coach or or a, an online business but the fact that you mentioned we're not born into it we can we can change um i'd love to hear more about what that looks like because i know for example your your history as a culinary artist is completely different than, than what you're doing now so you must have gone under some form of rebranding yourself well the way the way that i've always seen it is that you're stacking accolades and until recently the the thing that i truly didn't recognize that I think a lot of people don't recognize either is that the best thing or the best way to actually spend your money is to buy an accolade that will last you forever or invest the money to get the accolade. So it might not be directly like, Hey, I just bought this and therefore I got it, but say, Hey, I bought this and it's going to get me this because of the fact that I have this now. Right. And mm. so, um, one of those ways is like becoming an author. So you might spend anywhere from, you know, a thousand dollars to do a joint venture with somebody, or you might spend up to $10,000 to do a book by yourself. But now you have the title of author indefinitely for the rest of your life. So even if you look at a $10,000 investment and let's say you're 20 years old, but you're assuming that you're going to live to like the average lifespan of 80, what did that come down to in dollars to the rest of your life? It's minimal. It's nothing, but you get to keep it forever. And so when you look at the way that you're able to change perceptions of what you are, it's what accolades can you get and how can you invest that money to get something that will last you forever. And so one of the, I didn't even mention this, you know, in my bio, but you know, I've, I've been featured in a lot of news outlets, um, but one of them was always Forbes. And so I started working my way up to Forbes. Forbes cost me money, not directly, but it did cost me money, right? To get there, to be able to have enough credibility to actually be interviewed by Forbes, but now I have it. And so I'm 31 for the rest of my life. I can say I was been in Forbes 
most people will never be able to say that in their entire lives. Now, let's say Forbes goes under. I have a TEDx talk. Let's say that goes under. I'm still an author. Author will never go away. I know that one, right? For sure. But you're you're investing into what can you say that other people might not be able to get. And the moment that you get that, you're actually able to see that you're not only lucky, that you're blessed, but also that you were able to accomplish something because the word Forbes is a word. But realistically, it's because of the brand that makes it so powerful. So it's like, how can you just keep associating? How can you keep leveling up so that that way the perception of you keeps changing? So uh, I'm going to go a little deep here because as you're talking about Forbes, TEDx or whatnot, and you mentioned that's a, it's a word, it's also a brand. Um, just like we talk about with people being the the five, the sum of the five people they surround themselves with, right? You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. As a mm -hmm. brand, it seems that your association with other brands also tell a story about yourself. Uh, the, oh, sure. the, the brands that attach themselves to you or that you attach with yourselves with others also tell a story uh, uh, about you. Go go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way is, I guess, uh, everybody's kind of like an influencer nowadays, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so if you were to say, hey, I want to, uh, you know, get sponsored by Gucci and the first person who sponsors you is Walmart, you're, it's still really high, but it's not as high as Gucci. Now, let's say that you're just like, whatever, it's Walmart, but the, they actually Walmart backs out. And now you have a local mom and pop shop that's willing to sponsor you. Not that high. And so what ends up happening is that these brands are building up so much social credibility that just you being attached to them attaches that credibility to you because they have a specific standard, right? And so when you start looking at brands that way, when you start looking at them as like social proof, that's why a lot of people try to buy Gucci for the acknowledgement of, oh, you have money, right? Like there's no such thing as discount Gucci. That's why the reason that they don't discount their stuff. But as you, as you start elevating, you start realizing that the attachments are different. I can't just buy Gucci and say I am Gucci, right? Mm. But if I am seen with the owner of Gucci, that's way different. And so it's, it's finding out these it's more or less playing the game and knowing how to play it right and seeing that, oh, just because I buy a feature in like Yahoo Finance that everybody else can buy, that will put me above the people that can't buy it, but the people that know it, it means nothing to them. And so therefore you have to start playing a smarter game as you go through life. You can be associated with certain brands, but if people know that you bought your way into that brand, then it really doesn't do anything. It's when you have a true association or when the brand seeks you that you are able to uh, claim that credibility. I want to talk really quick, I guess, with your personal journey of, I mentioned going from a culinary artist to what you do now. What was that process like? Because a lot of people see brands as they are now. They see someone uh, with everything you're doing where you are now. But I'm really interested in kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit, showing some of the the gears, the pulleys, and the ropes that really go into building uh, Ruben Alvarez today or building a brand that a lot of us sees for face value. But it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. I'm interested to know a little bit about your story, how your brand was built, and maybe some insights on on how anybody listening could build their personal brand or the brand of their company to withstand the test of time. Yeah. So it, it, again, all goes back to perspective. I went from culinary to a job where I was making the the juices for the vapes. 
And my biggest thing was I want to work in an office because one, your perception changes from a person who's a laborer to somebody who works at an office. This person thinks with their head, this person thinks with their body, right? And so, and, and anybody who's doing labor, you guys probably could make even more than somebody else, right? But I'm saying not somebody who owns a company in labor, but somebody who is a laborer is seen as less than somebody who is a person who thinks as like a C-suite executive. So right away, perception, right? So I wanted to to go into an office setting because of that. So I switched over from being a laborer to somebody who would work at an office. And right away, my my income increased, right? And then I went from tech support to sales, income increased. I went from a salesperson who stayed in the office to somebody who was traveling, income increased. So you have to find those gaps of here's how I see myself versus here's who I am, Right. And so if you keep thinking like, okay, well, I have this, this business and I want to create it into this brand, then what is that really going to take you? Not I want to, but what is it actually going to take you? What perception or what shifts would people have to think or believe about you in order to pay more for what you sell, in order to do business with you faster, in order to say, hey, I want to work with you. We're experiencing that right now. Me and you were talking about how we just got this office. The moment that I got this office, which was two weeks ago, perceptions shifted. And so now we have people begging to work with us. And we have this whole like Mad Men style, you know, you come, you go, I don't care when you're working, get the work done type of thing. Perceptions change. And so that's what you really have to work with when you're trying to change the actual idea of who you are and trying to get people to pay you more. Um, who do you have to collaborate with? Who do you have to get into um, bed with per se, right? Like how we say, like, who do you have to really, really form that tight knit association with so that that way people don't see you as another business? Because that's the problem is once you get identified as another business, then you're competing on price. Once you get identified as a brand, that's where people just can't do anything to get away from you. They want to work with you. Mm. Go go deeper on that because sure. I, I mean I can understand the concept of you know a brand is unique and you know business sure. competes on price but like I feel like that's just the tip of the iceberg of yeah of what you got I'll, I'll give you the story because I I believe honestly I like learning from stories because I like reverse dissecting them right mm -hmm. and so when we moved to El Paso um, first thing we did is we got with the chamber because there was two chambers Hispanic chamber and regular chamber um, the Hispanic chamber was more small business the the regular chamber had a lot more credibility. So we started saying with anything that we could, how can we help out? How can we do this? How can we do that? We offered whatever we could to try to help out. And we got associated with that person, right? Because we knew that there was a higher level, like what's the highest caliber of, of uh, organization within any city. And for almost every city, it's always going to be the chamber. Right. Because if not, there's going to be a person per se, maybe it's like Bill Gates, if you're in, you know, nap or something like that. Right. But if not, it's going to be an organization and the chamber is always going to be the most revered one because they have the most professionalism. They have the most business context. And so therefore, if you're able to find the people again that have everything that you want and you're able to in a very genuine way, right, because I'm giving the tactic of it. But this tactic would have not worked if I wasn't actually genuine in what I did. My plan was always, I want to be friends with them, right? Mm -hmm. That was what I always told my sales manager. Look, if we're having barbecue with them, like two months from now, we accomplished our goal. And so that's what we did. We we just really, really wanted to become friends with them. And now we are friends with them, right? And because we are friends and because we didn't ask for anything and because they know they can trust us, therefore we start getting 
the benefit of being known and associated with them. Mm. And so when you really start looking at like what makes a brand, that's a small part of it. But like, let's say that now you're like, okay, how do I get, we'll, we'll do three scenarios. How do I get people to come work for me? Right. How do I get the ability to charge higher prices? And how do I get people to be like, I've heard of you. Okay. So charge or um, the first one is um, how do you get people to want to come work for you? Uh, one, they have to feel like you have a culture, but the culture is based on the brand. So what does the brand actually make people feel? Right. And so if I say like, what does our brand make people feel? Well, I want them to feel like we're professional, we're high class, we charge a lot, but it's worth it. We know our stuff, we're reliable, we're flexible, we're fun. And so when I start saying all that, it doesn't encompass just for our clients, but it also encompasses for the workforce that we have in here. And so um, I wish I could show you, but like the chairs that we have, they're bright, bright orange color, like almost like a burnt um, leather. Mm. We have four of those in the office. We have a burnt leather orange couch right? We have two really, really comfy chairs that fit like bigger people. If they come in, um, we have a bunch of desks. We have modern like corporate desks, um, in our, in our, um, fridge, I have prime, um, Logan Paul's new, new, uh, energy drink, right. Or a uh, sports drink. We have Gatorades. We have double shot espressos from Starbucks. Um, we have boxed water, which I, I know you saw, but we have this boxed water. Um, we have Perrier's, we have coconut water, and I think we have regular water. Okay. Um, when we do events, like I said, we, we have experiences. Um, and then if we ever have a client, we want to introduce them to someone every single time. Mm. So as you can see, I I'm the one that buys all that stuff, by the way. Right. Because I want people to know you come into my office, you're going to have something you've never had. I want my employees to know those aren't just for customers. Those are for you too. And so therefore, when you, when you say, how do I get people to come work for me because I am a brand? It's because of all the little extra stuff that you do that makes you so different. Mm. Okay. Now, how do you charge higher prices? How do you, how do you justify, you know, an oil change being $250 while everybody else is a hundred dollars and not have people like scream at you and have people actually want to refer other people to you. Again, it goes back to how are you different? So if we, if we are charging for um, oil changes, right, let's take this oil change example. But the moment that you walk in or you, you drive in, I tell you the very first thing out of my mouth, Hey, look, I just want you to know that we're going to be out of here in seven and a half minutes or else I'm going to give you a $50 coupon. They're like, Holy crap already. Right? Like, Oh my God. Like, okay, yeah, for sure. You know, do your thing by all means. Next thing is when you drive off, before you drive off, they're like, hey, you know what? It's a hot day today. Here's a water. Let's say it's a cold day. Hey, you know what? We know it's a cold day. Here's a hot chocolate. Okay, cool. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, three months down the line, when they know your oil change is going to be due, hey, we noticed that it's three months. They send you an automatic text. Here's a $10 coupon to come back and see us. So you see all these little tiny intangible things, right? The moment that you hit the coupon button, it's a really, really nice graphic. Looks like they spent a ton of money on it. You push a thing to get the coupon and animation pops up. Oh my God, what's going on? So I think we overcomplicate this thing of, of how can we charge for higher prices when the reality is, is that we just want the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? We, we want the experience. We want, we want the visuals to be on point. We want the feelings to be on point. We want the vibe to be just right. 
I think I'm speaking a little bit more to millennials and Gen Z right now. The boomers might be like, what do you mean a vibe? Right. But realistically, we want to feel like we want to feel like it's it's a really good feeling. And so when when you look at your bill and you're like, $250, no, right? And maybe I'm 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 a little skeptical and I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm gonna go to the the other uh the other uh, oil change station next time. And I go and it's a hundred dollars. And the mm-hmm. moment that I get in, they don't talk to me for 10 minutes. I'm like, God damn it. Okay. Strike number one. Right. I'm already sold, by the way, me personally, I'm like, F this place. I hate you guys already. <laughs> they don't talk to me right away. Then they they tell me to get the keys. They do a bunch of stuff. It takes 30 minutes. They're like, you know what? Can you just go wait in the in the waiting room? There's no AC in there. I'm like, you know what? It's seven minutes. I was in and out. They never made me hate them. And just out of the feelings that I got out of hate, I'm never going to go back to this other place. I'm going to pay more. Mm hmm. The experience is really what sells really the whole the overall package, right? You're offering well, something yeah, that you can't get else elsewhere. And if you and if you and if you break it down to the the bottom core, right? It's mm-hmm. called value. Yeah. Which we always hear. But if I say value, you're gonna be like, I've heard that before, right? But it really is value. But I want I want you to to really understand the concept of like how much stuff goes into value versus us just spewing out the word value and saying, look, here's value. Let me shove it. No, let's talk about real true value. Yeah. Value in terms of you saved somebody time. You gave them. I mean, I I remember I switched barbers for the simple fact that one barber had an online, this is way back where they had an online booking versus just come in and sit down. Uh, Great barber. The haircut was phenomenal, very affordable. The other barber I think was, it was the same price, but I would take a good haircut that I had to sit and wait 45 minutes for versus I would take the other one where it was an appointment, see you at two o'clock. I walk in, I'm in the chair, I'm out at three. Just because I was able to plan my day around the haircut, that was worth me going to somebody else because it it simplified my life. That's what, that's what brands do. Dude, let's take, let's take Coke because you know what Coke sells. What do they sell? I mean, it's sugar water. Sugar water. With bubbles. Why are they <laughs> why are they seen as the best? What value did they provide? A secret formula that only a couple people know. <laughs> Feelings. That too. <laughs> Feelings. If I tell you right now, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see uh an all-white polar bear with two little polar bear kids in uh in a frosted white Antarctica right now? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, not only They're do bringing I bringing a freaking Coke. <laughs> yeah, not only do I see it, I hear the snap in my ear as well. Like I just, I'm just actually I'm salivating, looking looking for something to drink because of it. But that's the conditioning that's been played into that because of the brand that they've built. Um, I'm holding it in really quick because, like, I, I want to drive this home for a lot of people that are listening because, yeah. There, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are building a business, who are building a brand, but I also want to make sure that guys know that we are a brand ourselves. Like Ruben, you are a brand. I see you on social media. You're promoting the different companies that you run with your brand and people are going to look kind of like Papa John's, for example. They look at, okay, this is pizza, but they see who runs the company, which is Another topic, another thing we could talk about is it's dangerous kind of putting your name and the company together because the company can't operate without you or one or the other. But honing it in for folks at home who might be thinking, okay, this is a this is a podcast episode about branding. I'm good with my company. I don't need it. How important is it for us 
as individuals, us as men, to also be tuned into our brand and who we are and how we show up in other environments, whether it be at work, whether it be in our business or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, in Mad Men, there's this really, really great scene, which is totally underrated because it doesn't come up on any of the YouTube videos or anything. But it's where they're making fun of this guy named Freddie. And he had, you know, peed his pants. And it was because he was drunk. Um, and so he peed his pants in front of everybody. And so they were all making fun of him. And Don um, comes up to them, tells them to stop. And they're like, hey, we're just poking fun. And he goes, yeah, making fun of a man's name. It's not that bad, right? It's just his name. And then he walks away. And so when you really get down to the core parts of like being men, right? Like if we go back to to the 70s, the 80s, and maybe even the 90s, like your word was your bond, right? Like nowadays, it's a little bit less about what you say and it's more about what you do but back then if i said hey i'm gonna do it we would believe it right like like that was that was it and so if you were making fun of someone's name it was it was a pretty big deal because you were making fun of the person as a whole not just what they did in that moment right now we're a little bit more flexible but back then you were making fun of the whole person and so the the brand is kind of the same thing. It's it's like you said, it's the way that you show up. It's it's everything that you do. Um, let's say that I that for my brand, I become someone different, which this is a little higher, higher concept, right? But have like these identities within your brand, right? So like, hey, if I get on stage, I have this identity. If I go on podcast, I have this identity. If I go to work, I have this identity. Because it's really hard to have a brand that is constantly on at all times and feel like you're not just a puppet. Mm. Okay. So I want, I want to warn people about that because that is something that I think goes into the mental health side of it. That if, if we don't, I just say, no, you should try harder. Eventually people crash and burn. You should know how to be able to bring out the best side of you when it needs to be brought out. Right. And so if you're, if you're struggling to get a promotion at work, right. And you need to be really aggressive and you have to start thinking, I'm going to get that office and I'm going to work harder. You don't want to bring that quote, quote brand home because your wife doesn't want you to be aggressive with the kids. What are you trying to get at home? You're not trying to get the corner office at home, you know, mm-hmm. but that that's the thing is that your brand, you should be able to say, Hey, look, if I'm going to go on camera, I'm not going to stutter everywhere else in life, whatever. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to stutter. That's the problem that I have on camera. I will be precise and I will be concise and they will know that exactly what I'm saying has been studied and that I am very well put together. Sure. You can do that because you know that the algorithm will not do as well with ums, uh, buts, right? But you have to know these core features. It goes the same with branding. You have to know what core features you actually stand for so that that way, whenever you put something out, it goes aligned with that brand that you have. Mm. So... What does Ruben Alvarez stand for? So here's another, and you said this, and I believe that this is one of the highest things that's really hard to comprehend. But you said it that um, we have our business brand and then we have our personal brand. Mm -hmm. And people follow the personal one due to the, the business one. You have to separate them. Most people think that they can combine them, but you lose either your your personal, right? Who you are, or you lose your business as a result of it. So you might say, Oh, well, no, I've seen people that are like Instagram or social media coaches or whatever. Um, and they, they don't promote their business one. And it's like, that's why they don't promote it because you can't. So if you're going to have your business brand that stands for something, and then you stand for something. Elon Musk 
stands for Elon Musk. He has his companies, which is where people found him from, but he stands for Elon Musk. He doesn't share the same core values as Tesla, right? He cusses. Tesla, I've never seen Tesla cuss. You know what I mean? So you have to learn how to separate them. Ruben Alvarez stands for something way different than what marketing marketing hunter stands for. I stand for helping people. I stand for developing people. I stand for helping business owners who are struggling, right? Marketing Hunter stands for being fun, positive, optimistic, trending, cutting edge. I don't have to be cutting edge. I just have to help people understand that the bullshit that they keep telling themselves is the reason that they're not moving forward. (laughs) Marketing Hunters isn't going to say that. Marketing Hunters is going to say, don't worry, we're going to help you, right? We love you. I'm going to say, you're stupid. Cut it (laughs) out, you know? And so, so people find me from this side and they come over here, but people from this side rarely come and find me for over here. And, it, and it's okay because you just have to know what the strategy is. So you, you have to know one, it's okay to not have both. If you don't have the budget to do both, go all in on your, your business brand because that's what's going to make you more money right away, right? Then your, yeah. then your personal one. Your personal one is more coaching. And if you don't have any credibility, you're not going to get coaching. Um, but yeah, if, if you're looking at, at things like for the personal brand, I would say, uh, one, start with your mind. Where are you wanting to go? And do you actually believe that it's true, right? Mm. So do you actually believe that your brand could make you $10,000? And if that's prohibiting you, then you're not going to get to the next step, which is what do I need to look like? How do I need to talk? Who do I need to be in front of? You know, are they going to accept me? If you don't think that you can do it at first, none of that's going to matter. But then you have to really start thinking at all the tactical stuff of how do I talk? Who am I around? Do they accept me being around them? Why why not? Right. Do I have to dress a specific way? Do I have to wear cologne every day? Right. Do I have to work at a specific place? Do I need an office? And so all these little tactical things that most people never think of are the ones that you have to answer in order for you to elevate. And the, and here's the thing, always, always elevate slowly, right? Never do this because what ends up happening is when you do this, you lose everybody in the process. If you elevate all the people who are rooting for you, they get to see you do that. And therefore you get to bring a lot more people along the way. I love that. I love that. Uh, coming towards the end, you, and you kind of mentioned it with the elevating and, and all that ambition and the importance of ambition, but how can ambition define us? Yeah, ambition is my favorite word. <laughs> it really is because <laughs> because um, I think aggression is a little too harsh for a lot of people, and you might lose people in the process of it. It's like the color black. Um, branding secret, by the way. Uh, the color black. You if if somebody likes the color black when it comes to branding a really dark, ominous uh, branding, that means that you'll really, really attach to them. The problem with black is that the pe- most of the people don't attach to it. So in other words, you can create super fans, but you lose a lot of people along the way if you use a dark, ominous theme throughout the whole thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much the same, the same thing um, to how... Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, you, you're, you're good. Uh, I was focusing on um, ambition and, and how, how important it is, but also how it yes. can define us. Yeah, so... Um, the more ambitious you are, the more that you tend to lose people, but the more that you're able to create super fans along the way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you're really ambitious, you have a lot of people who will hate on you, 
um, you also create enemies because in order for you to fulfill that ambition, you're going to have to get more clients and you're going to have to get more of everything, right? So one, the more attention that you get, the more eyes that you see on you, the more hate that you're going to get just as a byproduct of it, right? But where it also comes in is that the more ambitious that you are, it means that you're going to be better than your competitors, even if they're your friends, you're going to be better than them. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening when you're better than them, you know this, end up stealing clients. And so if you just say, no, no, I can't take that client, you're not going to fulfill your ambition because you know the client is coming to you because you are better. Mm. And so that is where ambition really creates a lot of people who love you, but it creates a lot of people who hate you at the same time. Mm. I mean, hey, not everybody could be at the top. And I think there's there's the there's the good camaraderie and the good competition that yeah. that is had am, amongst ambitious people. But there, I think there's some people that find themselves in the ring who might not be uh, as bought in as others. And when you find out that someone's come with a, a bigger stack of chips or somebody's that somebody's taking this seriously while you're treating it as a game. Yes. That's when it really really kind of shifts for a lot of people and they're like i just want to keep playing a game and they're like all right then get out of my arena because this is this is this is for for keeps uh yeah one of my last questions uh really at the last couple minutes because i i would be uh i would be a terrible host if i had a brand consultant (laughs) on the podcast and didn't (laughs) for the audience ask um for anyone who's just starting their social, starting their business, starting their company right now, what yes. are some quick tips you would give to somebody to establish themselves in a marketplace, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, or I mean, is Facebook still relevant? That's a side question. But what would you <laughs> advise uh, someone out there looking to start their brand today? Yeah, let's let's start with Facebook being relevant. Um, one of our clients, dentist here in a small town called Socorro. It's um El Paso is a small town. Socorro is a small, small, small town. Okay. Uh so one million views on Facebook Reels. Mm. So that should tell you it's it's relevant. Okay. And that will be what I tell people as the advice is don't assume test. Okay. Um, before you test though, look at what everybody's doing. Look at the trend, right? Like, um, I don't know if you saw when clubhouse came out and everybody was like, no, no clubhouse. Right. I met a lot of freaking people on clubhouse. Cause we jumped on it right away. Yeah. If we would have started with TikTok, We, if, if all of us would have started with TikTok when it started, we'd all have a million followers. Right. And so if you're starting a brand right now, find the platform and find the avenue that is going to help you reach more people right now. It's short form video. Um, I'm an advocate for short form video, the same way that people who are fake NFT, <laughs> no, sorry. It's just, and it, there's so many people in marketing that, that basically just cloud chase. Right. But truly, uh, sh- uh short form video really is, is the wave, but, um, it, it, I mean, you guys have all seen them, the marketers that, that talk about NFTs now, um, and crypto and, and they were just marketers a year ago, but that, that, that was a side conversation. That was just a mini joke. Cause I can't stand those people, but no, uh, re- realistically, yes. Uh, short form video is the, is the main media source that we are able to get a word across right now. It does, um, a lot better than, uh, pictures. It does a lot better than graphics. If you're doing infographics for your company and you have like no followers, don't do that. Do short form video. Uh, show people what you're actually like, show them your personality, 
have a message, let that message be and align with what you want to be perceived as, and then go premium. And what I want you to do as an exercise is what does go premium mean for you? Because I can give you all the tactical stuff, but go premium means something different for every single person. If you're like, um, I've, I've seen these like the breathing coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing breathing. What does premium mean? It means uh, stop shooting in your house with the dirty carpet that everybody can see with your shoes off that your feet haven't been cleaned and they look like they smell, right? Um, do it instead outside in a grassy field to start off with. Invest in a camera, do 4K. Don't do it in, in dim lighting because we can see the the grains and it makes us want to um, skip the video. Make sure you put captions on it because 65 or 75% of all videos are watched without audio at this point. Um, get a group of people, even if they're models, so that that way it looks like you actually are showing people something versus just trying to convince me of your your garbage, right? The moment that you show me someone else, it's you're actually showing other people. There's credibility. If not, it just looks like you're trying to force something on me. Um, and then from there, make sure that everything that you're saying has some sort of statistical data behind it. Mm. Now I'll go back again, do the, do the, do the exercise by yourself of what go premium means, but that's, that's pretty much what you do. Yeah. And that's again, just to test to not even kind of solidify finish out in terms of that's just doing all that to test and find out what works along the way. Correct. Yeah. And then, and then you just get better. You know what I mean? But, but the part that I think a lot of people don't do is they want to, they want to show the elevation, right? Without ever the investment. And so they say, my message is getting better. It's like, well, why aren't you getting more views? It's like, oh, well, it's because I'm still showing my dirty carpet. And it's like, okay, buy a camera. And they're like, no, no. But it's like, well, what's that going to do for me immediately? And it's like, well, nothing. But when people find your videos, if they have interest, instead of them going, oh, I don't know, you know, uh, we'll talk to me next week or I get paid in two weeks. If they see that you're premium and everything that you put out is premium, that your mind is premium and what you're going to offer them is premium. And they go, Hey, how much do you charge in the DM? And you go, Oh, it's $300. They're going to go. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let's do it. And you're going to be like, what? Oh my God, you want to do it? Yeah, because it's worth it. Because you made it seem like it's worth it. Perception, people. That's that's the problem. Is is everybody wants their their message to get better, but they never want to invest in looking better. Okay, I, I get that. They're looking at the. I mean, a lot of us are focused on the meats and the potatoes, but we don't put enough focusing on the packaging. And that's why this has been very very helpful for a lot of people who have put the work in, who established the meats, the potatoes, and everything. And they just can't get the conversion. And hopefully this has been helpful for somebody who's on the cusp of sitting on the edge of that conversion. Ruben, this is, this has been amazing. Please, if you have something to add. Can I bring one more thing? Yeah. 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 And I, I, if, if they've made it, if anybody's listening and they made it this far, you know what I mean? Like to this exact moment, because I I know that, you know, um, some people might be like, Oh, this was a long episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, if they're at this point, I think that the best way to drive it home is, the, the little fridge that we have here, right? It's a little tiny mini fridge. And every week I spend about 50 to $60 on the business on just the fridge, just the drinks and the snacks that go on the top, right? But just the drinks and the snacks. And it's because I don't know when somebody's going to come through the door, but the fact being that I have something that no, who else is going to in El Paso, right? Which is a small city. And, and they say we're behind on trends 10 years in the past, right? Who else is going to offer you a prime? 
like Logan Paul and like energy drinker. Who else is going to offer you that? Who else is going to offer you coconut water? Topo Chico. You know what I mean? For in, in the glass bottle, <laughs> no one. And so when you look at it and you're saying you're spending 200 and uh, 50, 60 bucks. So about 240 to $200, $240 every month on drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I guarantee you, I'm going to be every single time one that they come to the office, they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe this. Right. Every time they drink a prime, they're going to be thinking of me. Cause they're gonna be like, I remember Ruben was the first one that got me this thing in my hand. Right. Every time they're in the, in the grocery store. Oh my God, I can't believe it. So it's like that, that those small investments, they don't pay off right away. But when you say, you know what, I want to raise my price by another like $500, easy, done. There you so go. That's the way, best way I can drive the whole point home because honestly, I think that it's such a waste of money to spend $50, $60 and I have a hard time doing it, but I force myself to do it because I know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a purpose for it and it's part of the premium package that you pro- that you provide when people walk in the door. So I, I think this was very, very helpful. Ruben, we, we appreciate it. And for anybody who is maybe ready to just take the next step and having somebody help them with their brand, help them with their marketing or whatnot. I would love for them to get, get access to you, find out how to connect with you and and follow you on social. So how can they do all that? Yeah. So I am the most active on Instagram okay. and that is at, I am Ruben Alvarez uh, as my handle. And it's not weird spelling. It's just R-U-B-E-N, no extra i no extra a none of that stuff right no reuben it's just i am ruben alvarez and the reason that i i send people to my instagram i have the subscribe button on my profile and so the the packages that we offer are for more businesses small businesses and corporations where we do social media management we call it brand management or brand development or rebranding right those are two packages that we that we offer uh, on social media on instagram people who are content creators or want to learn how to make Better content, want feedback? We have that group. That group is $5 a month. We have uh, 21 people in that group right now. And um, I'm building it and developing it every single day. Once people come on, they don't leave. And it is because what we do, you create a video or you create a post within Instagram. You put a little emoji. You let us know with that shark emoji that you created something. We all go. We look at it. We like, we comment, we leave, um, you know, some a little bit of engagement. Here's Here's the really cool part. We come back to the group and we tell you where you lost us, what didn't work for us and how you could have improved. Mm. So it's not just an engagement pod because we don't want that. We want something that's actually real. So there's people on here that um, through the stuff, they've been monetized in two weeks to four weeks. There's people who have gotten semi-viral videos. And so that, that, that group is just a killer group because we're all trying to do the same thing and we're able to give um, what would typically be called market data feedback that you would pay hundreds of dollars for. Now you're able to get it for five bucks a month. I like it. I, I appreciate that. And I'll be, I'll be sure to have that link uh, to your Instagram in the show notes. So folks can go ahead and hit there, hit the subscribe button and get to all the, uh, all the links. And of course that, that, that very, very valuable group. Ruben, this has been great. My last question before I kind of wrap things up, it's usually a heavy one and I always save it for last is what is something you've seen or something that's happened to you in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've been, I've been wanting to talk about this more. I just haven't had an opportunity to, because the way that the podcasts are structured, but um, I don't even remember how old I was or how old he was, but my cousin took his life, man. Right. Um, I, I grew up with him, thought he was like my brother um, and he took his life and 
it's funny because we were so close that, um, I don't know. We were so close that I felt like I should have been there for him. And I know that a lot of times we tell ourselves that we don't, where we shouldn't blame ourselves for the actions of others, especially people who take their lives. Right. But I think the one thing that I do take a lot of accountability for, right. Like not blame because blame is, is very negative, but I think that there's certain things that we should take accountability for is that me and him were so close growing up that the moment that he went to college for about a year or two, we separated. And it was because I was dealing through my own stuff. I was trying to find out who I was. I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with partying and all that stuff. And I think that if I had been a better man or if I had truly known what my purpose was, um, I could have been there for him. I, I do take accountability for that. And I think that it's important for us to know what our purpose is. I think it's important for us to be ambitious for that same reason, because the more ambitious we are, the more that we want to find our purpose so that that way we can be there for people. Because not every single person is going to have that same driver ambition as us to be able to make good decisions. And a lot of the times, if we would have just be there for people, um, I, I think even now um, I've had people or men who have had issues, right? Um, whether it be marital issues or they have issues at work or they feel stressed. And the moment that they call me, like I'm there. And, and before I hang up, I say, hey, look, if it ever gets really bad and you feel like you just, you, you want to take your life or something, even if they're not saying it, even if it, the conversation wasn't that heavy, if they express some sort of un discomfort, I tell them, just call me and I'll, I'll come to you. I swear I will. Just because I don't want to lose someone else for the same reason that I just didn't convey that I would be there for them. I appreciate you sharing that, man. Sorry for your loss. And I also appreciate that invite that, that you're giving to your friends because um, I think we could all use it as an example, you know, taking the accountability, letting those know who are close to us in our circle that, hey, man, I, I see you, I hear you. If you need me, I got you. And yeah. and that's all it takes. So, Ruben, man, this is this has been very, very helpful. Thank you for helping us understand branding, helping us understand the investments that we make. And uh, I'm actually going to recap some of the things that you said along the way because uh, th there, were, there was some good gems. Number one being perception, right? What is a brand other than the perception of what you can convince people on how to view you? And it's all about, what you invest your money in, in terms of the accolades that you associate your, with yourself throughout life, whether it be spending the time or the money, because it's not just money that you're spending. You can spend time too in, in becoming an author, writing a book, a title that you could have for life, uh, being a TEDx speaker or or receiving an accolade such as uh, the Emmy over my shoulder. Those are those are accolades and other organizations and other brands that provide uh, almost a sense of credibility, sometimes social credibility into what you yourself are building and how others are going to view you. Playing the smart game, how you see yourself versus where you are really and closing that gap is really where it's all about. And it takes playing the smart game, strategizing and literally taking those steps in order to make that gap disappear. And then find the people that, that have what you want, finding the people that have what you want and building those relationships. Too many of us sit on the sidelines looking at others for what they have, and then we blame them for not sharing it with us. Well, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you don't put yourself in opportunities or situations to meet those that have what you want, you're never going to put yourself in an opportunity or a position to serve them, which will never put you in an opportunity to become friends with them. And then doing that little extra about adding value, the true meaning of value is what you're doing for that person that makes their lives a little simpler or makes their lives a little bit more enjoyable 
leaves a feeling behind because your word back then used to be your brand. And I think we need to get back to those times before we had cell phones and we had those plug-in phones. If I told Ruben, I was calling him at five o'clock, he had to be next to his phone at five o'clock when I picked up or else it would ring or somebody else in the family would pick it up. And then I have to yell at my mom to hang up the phone. And then of course, the best side of you when it's needed, make sure you show up with the best side of you when it's needed for your brand, but also separate that from the personal because it's easy to lose that when you're building your personal brand. So be sure to have clear definitions of those two. What's personal, what's the brand, what's both, and which one are you building? Great, great content. Ruben, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, to the viewers and listeners making it to the end, thank you. As we always say, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. And the best compliment you can give us is by sharing this with somebody else that you know will get value from it too. As we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine. They don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Yeah.